You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Um, obviously, you know, was able to have to take, you know, had to take one night off here. Um, luckily for you guys, not really going to disrupt the flow with the, you know, obviously Browns playing Jets Monday Night Football. So about the extra day, uh, we're going to get you plenty here. Um, as Pete goes to coach Friday night, I got something fun in store for Friday's night episode. I know some of you guys have been asking about some draft stuff, and so we got a draft slash chat guy. You'll love that. Um, make sure you check out the um, crossover episode with John Buchko from Lockdown Jets. It was nice to sit down with him again and predict another win, as I did last year, and I was correct, and he actually predicted a Browns win as well. Uh, so if you haven't checked that one out, go ahead and check that out. Uh, your local experts. On the biggest stories on your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, Pete Smith along for the ride. <clears throat> and then Pete, obviously, we got to get this one a little later than we wanted to. But, you know, here it is now, 72 hours and then some dust settled. Um, you know, we've got our nice watches on here because apparently, you know, look, and, you know, I, I forget who it was. And I know his name was Matthew. Matthew, get yourself a real avatar because you put out a great thing is, you know, when Sunday didn't do anything to change the media. It still allows the media to be the way it was. Um, but, Pete, at the end of the day, it's not literally, you know, the noose, put the nooses away, guys. We're, we're not there. As terrible as the 30-point loss was when you just say it in that, it's not, you know, our, well, it's not that bad. But first things first, um, deepest condolences to Chris Smith and his family. Um, that That's, it's a mind, mind-boggling story. And obviously you feel terrible for Chris and obviously Chris and his daughter, the whole thing is just an absolute crap fest. And uh, don't be an asshole. Don't drink. Don't drive. I mean, it's 2019 for God's sakes. An Uber, a freaking taxi, whatever, a Lyft. My God, do not get behind the wheel of a car because you could end up taking somebody's life. So condolences to Chris Smith and, uh, you know, obviously his daughter and everything that's going to come through, you know, everything they got to deal through with that. Um, But Pete, as far as the team itself, I don't think it's that bad, kids. You know, bucker up, buckaroos. No, the the when you actually watch the the tape and the coaches tape, um, the Browns were not bad by any stretch. Like the idea that you know that was being thrown thrown around in the you know the immediate aftermath is they weren't prepared or you know what were they doing for the past six weeks? They were. In you know the defensive scheme was great initially coming out. I mean they were everywhere they were supposed to be. The the, the calls were good. Um, offensively, obviously they went right down the field and scored initially. And you know if you go through like the numbers and stuff, Baker Mayfield was crushing it uh, for, through three quarters in terms of efficiency. Uh, they had production from you know Odell Beckham. They had two impact catches from each Jarvis Landry and Richard Higgins. Nick Chubb was, was moving the ball. Well, um, it just came down to you put yourself first. Uh, the, the bronze defense gave the Titans about 10 points because of stupid penalties, uh, you know, in, in opportunities where they could have gotten off the field or they could have, you know, just, just handing them yards uh, you know, either either enable drives to continue or set up. You know, in the first, in the case of the first scoring drive they had, it, it allowed them to get in. You know, a 37-yard field goal as opposed to a 52-yard field goal. So, if you're looking at it from that standpoint, 
you know, they, they obviously uh, – the, the Browns killed themselves before the Titans had a chance to beat them. And I think, you know, if you, if you look at it from that standpoint, I think when the Browns ultimately went through film, I, I don't – you know, I, I, you know, I don't think the coaches needed to, you know, yell and scream so much. Uh, now that they may have done that of their own accord, but uh, a lot of it's just, you know, looking at the film and just realizing how stupid you are on some of these plays, and you're basically giving game away. And and you know, no better symbol of that than than Greg Robinson getting tossed, uh, you know, in in the game, and then you know the the injury to Kendall Lamb and those things. So uh, you know, I. If the Browns don't hurt themselves in that, I think it changes the complexion of the game heading to the fourth quarter. Would they have won? I, I don't know, but it certainly wouldn't have been 30 points. And I, I, the score is really not indicative of how the game went. But at the same time, like, you know, through three quarters, there was this sense of, you know, when the Browns, when are the Browns going to sort of kick it into gear and go? And that, that never really happened either. For me, um, I think, and we talked about this a little bit, you know, obviously you know, last year with, you know, the defense getting gassed. This year, Pete, it wasn't so much the overall total reps, but granted, you know, 61 in week one, obviously you'd like less for your defense. But it was the amount of reps in just the way they came. Obviously, you know, three interceptions. You know, it was with 17 minutes to go. The score was, it was 15 to 13. Uh, and then all of a sudden, then, you know, obviously the Henry and then the Henry screen, then the three interceptions, it, it was, you know, that's it. I mean, you know, that you know, how many reps did they take in those last 17 minutes, which was just at that point, I mean, just asking too much. Um, we had talked about Delaney Walker and, you know, look, Delaney Walker's always put up good numbers. I don't know if you traditionally look at him as, you know, one of the game's great tight ends. I don't even know if, I don't even know how you would label him as an offensive player, you know, He's definitely a pain in the ass. There's no way around that. But it's just, you know, he's just frustrating and he's difficult. And, you know, the Patriots, I mean, the Titans are, you don't see them week in, week out. And the the kind of style they play offensively where, you know, demands a lot of discipline, aids them well in a week one matchup, certainly doesn't do a lot for the defense because, you know, you're still gelling and you're still trying to get your feet under you and so that was you know part of it as well but I mean how you know the amount of reps the defense had to take in the last 17 minutes certainly didn't help um the pass rush was there um if you're going to play against a quarterback this week like Sam Darnold who you know wants to hopefully manage it from the pocket that's a good one for you I mean it'll be better it was just it was an odd matchup it didn't get played perfectly then it went went downhill look Chris Hubbard we know is an issue. Um, I, we, he's probably still the worst starting offensive lineman on this team, you know, even with, you know, Cush going in for Zeitler, you know, and, you know, a lot of people brought up Cush's name. Cush wasn't really an issue. He held his own. The interior was the interior. They did what they did. You know, Greg Robinson, you can't give him a full, you know, style talk on his play of the game because he didn't play long enough. Um, you know, Lamb, uh, and I know Giovanni Ruiz, you know, has this question. My guess is it's a high, high ankle sprain. And, you know, look, it's, that's going to be tough. It, it's obviously probably going to be a while. 
And when you put Chris Rubber, Chris Hubbard at left tackle after he was getting beat like a drum at right tackle, I mean, you knew where that was. You knew where it was going to happen. Um, you know, was Baker hurt? Baker was dinged. Um, you look, I don't think Baker's been beat around that much since he's been in the NFL. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're with that. Um, but look, nothing extensive. And then there was, you know, Azuma films. And look, I'm not trying to call you out here. Um, the question of whether or not he's concussed. It, it, it doesn't really work like that in 2019. And this is, and thank God, um, you know, th- there's people checking these guys over and it, it doesn't work that way. And you're certainly not going to do it with a guy that you expect to be your quarterback for, you know, not this year, not next year. I mean, we're talking, what, 2030? They're still hoping Baker Makefield is the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. You know, it, those things all, aren't of the norm. Um, you know, all around at the end of the day, it was a crap day. Um, started off well, and then, you know, it was the, trying to the chasing aspect of it. But as far as, you know, you know, the pity party, am I upset? Or, you know, obviously some people are going to have their fun with it, and that's fine. Um, I'm pretty fully confident going into Monday night, Pete. Yeah, I mean, look, they can't beat themselves before they get to the Jets. But I, I, I did, you know, I come away feeling very good about their chances to beat the Jets because, again, it's just eliminating the, the stuff where you're killing yourself. And, and I think there's going to be a natural progression. I think the Browns' uh, weaknesses match up better against the Jets than it did against the Titans, uh, particularly the offensive tackle position. I don't think they have the guys that uh, the Titans do in that area. Uh, but, you know, they, they've got to be able to go out and, you know, actually execute. But, again, this is one of those things where I think week one to week two is where teams generally make the most – the biggest leap uh, regardless of level. And I think that's going to be the case for the Browns. Uh, you know, I, I don't buy the idea that they were, you know, buying into their own hype or any of that crap. Uh, I just think they were bad in terms of – some technique stuff. They were bad in terms of just discipline type stuff. Uh, And they can get a lot better at a lot of the execution part uh, and just keep making plays. And I I think part of that's also going to be from a coaching and play calling standpoint, I think they're going to be, you know, I I don't think there are a lot of bad calls necessarily, particularly defensively. I think that, you know, I think that that was, pretty well run game for the most part, but I think offensively um, I I think maybe the, the offensive staff underestimated just how much pressure uh, that Baker was going to be under in some of those situations or, you know, and the part of that with Baker holding on the ball a little bit too long in some of those situations. So I think, I think there's probably going to be a little bit more of a, uh, look into getting some quick passing going and, and getting the ball out of his hands. They tried to get the screen going, and Kenny Vaccaro made one hell of a play uh, to break up one of the screens because if he doesn't, I think that would have gained uh, a lot of yardage to Chubb. But, yeah, I think, I think everything will have the opportunity to improve against the Jets. You know, I think getting going on the road – helps and not so much in that, you know, the home crowd was great. I, I just think there's an, a, a neutral element where the Browns, you know, have, have a little bit of a, you know, us against the world mentality in some ways. And, and that, you know, that, that it's almost a little more comfortable for them to be on the road in, in a game like this. And they've got all, all the expectations and all the pressures sort of deliver. It is a must win game. I don't care what anyone says. 
You look at the schedule, it, it only gets more difficult. Um, so they need to go in there and get a win. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think everything sets up very well for them to get on track and look, you know, again, I, I don't think they are that far off from being the dominant team that they look like they could be. Uh, but it's hard, you know, a lot of people will be like, you know, dismiss that because they lost by 30. But I really don't think that there's that big, you know, they're that far off from being able to start just really, really showing themselves well. And obviously after the Jets, they've got the Rams and the Ravens, and those are going to be really tough games, regardless of how well they're clicking. But I think the Jets will do a lot for them in terms of getting on track. Um, and, you know, Pete likes to, uh, you know, talk about all the time about a little batting practice in that's certainly what this Browns team would need against the Jets is a little batting practice for everybody. Defensive line eats, Odell eats, Nick Chubb eats, everybody feels good, and they'll start playing, you know, a couple more big boys. Cannot find a workout that keeps you engaged. Peloton is an immersive cardio, I'm sorry, an immersive cardio experience with real-time features that will always keep you coming back get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home go to peloton.com use the promo code locked all caps l-o-c-k-e-d to get started um for all you workout folks jump all over that um obviously appreciate them you know for the time here and their sponsorship with locked on browns it's a new season Antonio Brown is now checking the day. Um, sued uh, defendant. He's a Patriot. That's where Antonio Brown is currently. Lady on Bell is a Jet. We all know where Odell Beckham Jr. is now playing. The one thing that has not changed is where I'm putting my money down on all the weekend action. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book. Period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win, guaranteed to win at least one hundred thousand dollars, and it only costs one hundred dollars to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Um, guys, look, I would only recommend somebody that's been good to us. Obviously, my bookie has been a part of Locked On as long as I've been a part of Locked On. My bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. It is that simple. They have live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for everybody, fantasy-wise, it's great for Thursday nights. It's great for Sunday nights. It's great for Monday nights. You can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Right now, up to $1,000, your first deposit, they will match you 100%. You put 1000 they give you 1000 of their money. Use the promo code all caps, locked on, space, locked on, locked, spaced on, all caps, to activate the offer. Visit the website, mybookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.com today. Remember to use the promo code, all caps, locked, space on, bet, win, get paid. We got some listener questions to get to here. And uh, obviously, we appreciate you guys. And you know, maybe this will be sort of maybe what we'll do for Tuesday. That might be like how we're going to work in the mailbag. We're still making our way through here. Guys, one thing we're going to have to get used to a little bit, and even when I was thinking about this, yeah, all right, we'll try to keep it as much as the same as we did last year. Wasn't accounting for the amount of primetime games there's going to be. So we'll navigate our way through. 
there's no doubt about it. And don't worry about that. We'll be here day in, day out. Um, for me, everything is now in the rear view. Just trying to get back to some normalcy, uh, making sure Mom Lloyd is uh, in a good place. And it's kind of where we're at. But again, I, I can't, you know, thank you guys enough. Um, Pete, first things first. This one isn't in here. Um, yes, visiting players are not supposed to jump in the stands. But guys, why? Why throw beer at people? Why? I mean, first things first. If you're gonna throw beer on people, make sure it's good beer. But guys, don't just don't do that. I just can't with that stuff. Right. It's. I. I, I never. I never understand some of these things. But it's like, um, you know. Scores. It gives you a, it just gives you a bad name and like you know Cleveland fans have worked so hard to change the reputation and you know with, with the success of the Cavaliers and the success of the Indians and you know you, you want to be you know and you deserve it because you are I mean you're good people but you know and the worst thing is is you know that guy who was sitting there no way in hell was that his seat um, he obviously jumped up 10, 12 rows and then the poor guy who wasn't even there in the building is the one apparently being accused of it. I mean, just whatever. I mean, I get it. You don't want the guys jumping into your crowd, but I mean, look, I mean, you, you're getting your butt kicked. Uh, you, you don't need to go there with it. Well, they've updated it. Their, uh, st you know, their statement on this to basically say they don't know who did it. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where that's all the more reason not to do that type of stuff. I don't care who you are. Uh, because if they do figure it out, they will make sure that you are never, you know, that you are banned there, whether it's a year or, you know, potentially life. But it's one of those things. I mean, give me a break. It's a sport. Um, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, you can freaking not be that big of a jackass. I mean, yeah, it's look, I mean, it's, you know, look, I understand everybody was hurt and mad, but guys, just. Be better, because and the other thing is, I don't think anybody understands the ramifications of what goes along of if they actually get you name nail you on that stuff. I mean, it can get pretty serious, and it's whole thing is just nutty from that respect. From Blake Vasco, uh, Pete, you still standing with your twelve and four prediction? Uh, whether they get to twelve and four, I don't. We'll see. But I'll uh, ask. To, I'll ask to have a mulligan in my golf bag if I need it. But in terms of uh, do I still feel confident they are as good as I thought they were? Yeah. Um, again, I, looking at the tape, I think they're, they're really close to where they, to, they can start running off wins. And I think they are better than uh, – I think, I think they will get better as this rolls along. But we, we talked about this, you know, since schedule release. The first six or so weeks are brutal. And they have to get through that, and they have to get through that without, you know – falling apart. And if they can do that, then they're going to freaking start running off wins uh, when they get to that past the bye week and, and, and through some of that stuff. So, uh, you know, we'll see if, if my prediction ends up being right, but my, you know, the bottom line is the prediction is really based on how good I think they will be. And I still think they are very, very good. Uh, we're in complete agreement there. Um, there's one other one here from Giovanni Raviz, but this actually might lead to the whole thir third segment. So I'll, I'll, I'll hold that to then. I will start to um, uh, Kevin Roth, uh, Drew Forbes update. Um, you know, injured reserve with the designation of return. Um, there really, right? There hasn't been a real diagnosis as to what actually his knee injury is. So you know, we're going to have to have some patience with that. Um, but look, you don't take a sixth round pick 
and give him an injured reserve with a designation to return, unless you have a lot of faith in him, Pete. Yeah, um, we'll see. I, I still think ultimately they really hope he can be a tackle. Um, but obviously right now he is a very capable guard uh, and they like where he was going. And, and, you know, they liked him enough that they weren't, you know, satisfied with Kush. It, you know, it, it, it wasn't like they were settling on him. He's a fine guard. It's just, you know, Drew Forbes uh, has the potential to be a far better player just by virtue of the fact he's, so athletically freakish, uh, but whether they, you know, they're bring, they they want him to be back uh, to guard, or if they're they're already sort of looking at this as as moving him out to tackle because they they added guards um, with with some of the trades and stuff they did, it remains to be seen. But the one thing they are very confident of and should be is that Drew Forbes is a really good football player, and they just have to get him up fully up to speed. But he's uh, improved leap, leaps and bounds. Athletically, he has the traits to be, you know, a, a, a star. Uh, and I think the Browns are, are already of the opinion and that's where this is headed. Uh, and look, I agree with you there. Um, and look, I mean, he was going to need a little more time. Obviously, you know, the jump from the level that, you know, he played at, he was going to need a little more time with Drew Forbes. And that's where with that. Um, this is, we'll get one more short one in here before we get to uh, Giovanni's question for the last segment because, you know, a lot of people have been talking about this. Um, the take on the Gennard Avery situation. Um, I believe the coaching staff and I believe Freddie when he said, look, I don't think it ultimately was Freddie's call. I think, you know, you're going to ask your defensive coordinator, your defensive coaches, you know, who do you figure are going to get the most reps? Um, look, it's Gennard Avery wasn't injured. Um, I, I know that for a fact. Um, that wasn't part of it. Um, Gennard Avery is never going to be a problem. Understand this. It's never going to be a mismeeting thing. It's never going to be a question of work ethic. Gennard Avery is country boy to the nine. And, you know, you tell him he's got to work from nine to five. He's going to work from eight to six. It's just the mentality he has. Um, was it maybe more of trying to see, you know, could they ride that Chad Thomas high? Um, you know, Freddie basically said he'll be active Monday night. I'm not sure we'll see Chris Smith this week, and that's totally understandable. If he's not ready to go this week, um, you know, there's a lot going on in Christmas life. Um, but also, I think uh, the way the latest depth chart, it pretty. I, I think you know, there was a little bump for Gennard Avery as far as defensive end. I think they're going to realize. I think they realize they're going to need him, and you do not want Miles and you do not want Olivier Vernon taking the percentage of the snaps that they took. Um, so I think they realized maybe they did miss him and, you know, maybe he'll be a little bit more, a, 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 a little more help with the pass rush. Um, look for me as a numbers game, look, you, you're never going to give me a reason to say whatever reason it was that Gennard Avery didn't dress. I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to say it's good enough. You know, I'll tell you it's wrong. Um, Gennard Avery, you know, should be considered a, in my, in my mind, Pete, a, a, a it, it, basically a pseudo starter on this defensive unit. And that's just ba- that is certainly based on the production he gave you in the amount of reps he played just last year alone. Uh, so I, I, I saw the thing about the depth chart. I'm curious if that is like just a re- realization that that's what they really think he is, or if that is entirely a product of the Chris Smith news and that they basically said, He's a defensive end because Christmas, you know, bereavement type deal uh, may not play this week. 
and they're just going to have um, him be in that position uh, for this. And then, all, you know, another depth chart is going to come out and he's going to be back at outside linebacker. I don't know. I hope, I hope it's defensive end uh, because I think that's what he is. He's an edge rusher. Uh, I, 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 you know, the fact he, he left- may be, he may be a three, four outside linebacker on a team that runs a four, three. Right. Which is just, you know, an edge player, which is fine. And, and the idea that, you know, that he would be better off of the three, four team is nonsense. We're, we're so far past that. Um, but it, it defies logic that he was in, inactive for the first game because they had 10 DBs active in that game and he was inactive. So uh, that is an issue to me. I, I would hope that that is something they've sort of realized was stupid and have moved on. Um, I am wondering if part of that was a special teams thing because he's not great at it to this point, but you obviously have the Chris Smith deal going on right now. Darius Taylor's got a high ankle sprain, uh, which is going to keep him out for a while. Uh, they had brought in Malik Jefferson. He's, he's going to have to play as well. And he's being, you know, he's a linebacker. So they've still got five, uh, so I'm curious to see if this is, you know, just sort of a bookkeeping thing or a real realization of what he should be because it was stupid. He wasn't in there and he could have helped and, and they didn't play a ton of defensive snaps in general, but obviously the rotation was criminally stupid in terms of how many reps they're having uh, miles Garrett and stuff play. I think Chad Thomas played entirely garbage time when it was sort of, over. Um, same with Devereaux Lawrence for the most part. I think he was largely, you know, sort of... Well, with Lawrence, that's an injustice. Chad Thomas, uh, I guess that's a, you know, that's a, you know, take your goodie bag home from the birthday party because you dressed today. Well, look, I mean, it, the bottom line is, you know, if, if you're going to have him on there, you know, he's got to be able to do something. Like, it, that's, that's what makes it so stupid is, you know, he's active and he literally doesn't do anything. Um, and the same with, you know, uh, with Devereaux Lawrence. I mean, you build him up so much, and he has a great preseason, and then he barely plays. And and Sheldon Richardson, you know, wasn't lighting the world on fire, obviously had a couple of mental blunders. Um, it did some nice things, but, you know, I have to think there were situations where you're basically talking about, you know, 65 or 70% of, of Sheldon Richardson versus 100% of, uh, of Devereaux Lawrence, which seems like a no-brainer. I don't know why, you know, they're, they're not just rotating. I mean, theoretically, the Browns should have six players uh, up front that can contribute uh, and, and make an impact. And you're not playing it that way. You're basically just relying on the starters, which is exactly what Greg Williams did last year. And it did not end well. And you, you burned out Larry Ogajobi way too fast. And he went from dominant player and that first month of the season to wearing down very quickly. So it's just, it's irresponsible. Um, and look, uh, you need to see what you got in Devereaux Lawrence. Look, you didn't put a big investment in it, but you may have found something. Um, and right now the kid's got all the confidence in the world. So let him take some real reps. See exactly what you have there. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get your fit, get to your favorite live event. Enter the promo code KICKOFF, all caps, KICKOFF, at, at your checkout when you go down to get the Vivid Seats app to receive a discount of up to $100 thanks to Vivid Seats. Uh, we have a new sponsor here. Um, 
I think you guys, and look, um, they're in Ohio. This is an Ohio-based thing. And look, for you people who commute, this is something you need to listen to. Today's Locked On Browns is sponsored by Packed Car Insurance. Here's a question I've always wondered. Why do you have to pay for car insurance when you're not always using your car? With Pact, spelled P-A-C-T, you can pause your car insurance when you're not driving. That's right. Pause your car insurance right from their easy-to-use app. Pact is a top five rated car insurance app because you can get a quote instantly, change your policy for free, and now pause, pause your coverage. Available on both iPhone and Android, go to PactAuto.com, P-A-C-T-A-U-T-O.com, that's PactAuto.com, to get a quote and start imagining the pause abilities. Look, guys, you don't drive your car every day. A lot of people commute. Use it. Check it out. It's a huge advantage. Um, you go on vacation. You fly away. Um, most of the time, you take an Uber to the airport. You take an Uber home. This is something to check out. Appreciate PAC for their sponsorship. Um, and the gentleman I'm dealing with over at PAC Insurance, an Ohio resident, a Miami of Ohio grad, he was excited about this. I'm telling you guys, this is something you might want to check out, especially in this day and age where so many people use other transportation whether the, you know, other than their own vehicle. So go ahead. Check that out. And we'll close with this one here and, and this point. And look, there's been a lot of people talking about it. We're running a little long. We always do. I apologize. Um, but with this, um, Pete, so much talk of a lot of 11 personnel. And obviously last year, 12 personnel, 13 personnel. Guys, 11 again, one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers, 12, one running back, two tight ends, one running back, three tight ends. Part of this is, is if you guys remember, Demetrius Harris got hurt. If you do remember, Demetrius Harris wasn't playing very well. But here's the other thing. The five best skill players for the Cleveland Browns are Nick Chubb. There's your one personnel. Uh, David Njoku, which leads you to 11 personnel. Then Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, and Rashard Higgins. The offensive line... They're going to have to figure it out like they did the last half of half the last half of last season. Why do you want to take one of your five best skill players off the field? This is what you have with these guys, and the advantage you have with all these guys. Do you want Higgins losing reps? Do you want Landry losing reps? Do you want Odell losing reps? The reason that it's a lot of eleven personnel is that should be your best personnel grouping, Pete. Uh, look, I mean, Demetrius Harris is in a situation where he has to justify his existence on the field. Um, you know, I will tell you right now, he is no Daniel Fells. He's no Darren Fells, Pete. For right now, he is no Darren Fells. True. Uh, Darren Fells does not drop that ball. And he should not be wearing 88. Uh, That's a story for another day. So, yeah, I mean, he has to, he has to earn, you know, make the case that he is better. He's got to earn his stripes, Pete. Earn him. Yeah, so there's that part of it. Um, the other part of this is there are other ways to sort of create that, you know, same impact if you're worried about pass protection. You know, you put Jarvis Landry as a wing and he ships. Uh, you, you know, you go tight, tight formation and you create that, you know, those more difficult lanes sort of uh, rusher, which is what the Titans did in some respect. But, yeah, I mean, 
Uh, one of the things Jarvis Landry did a lot last year was play out, play off in a wing. He can be a lead blocker on on uh, on, on plays at the perimeter. He can sort of get a chip or whatever on an end if he needs to. There's a lot of things you, you can do that, but they're uh, and the Browns came out in a lot of condensed formations early, so it's not like they're unaware of this. Um, so, yes, it's 100%. Who are your best football players, and how do you get them on the field? You just say, who are your best 11? You do this for offense or defense. And that should be your, you know, unless there's something prohibiting you from doing this, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, that should be who you're, 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 that should be your scheme. That should be your defense. That should be your offense, whatever it is. So right now that is hundred percent where their offense is. Um, If Demetrius Harris is better, uh, particularly as a blocker, then it makes it very easy to play him. If not, then you stay with this, or there may be situ- you know, when Antonio Callaway comes back, that may change the calculation a little bit. Whereas some of these other guys get integrated into the offense, uh, like Taiwan Taylor, like Kaderil Hodge, like Ricky Seals Jones, that may change some things. But right now, the best 11 players are the guys who are running out there for them almost exclusively, which is exactly what you should have happen. Um, yeah, look, and there, there are going to be times where it could be 10 personnel, which means there's zero tight ends on the field. This isn't much different, guys, from where we're at with the 4-2-5. Um, and obviously, look, you know, Kirksey, Joe Schobert, 61 for 61. Um, I, I, like, I understand that y- it, people are viewing what was successful for last year. But you understand, you know, Freddie went from interim offensive coordinator to head coach, but not much of this is the same. And there was a lot of roster and player movement. Um, obviously, things are going to get escalated because of what went down Sunday. I understand that from the fan reaction and all of it. I get it 100%. But um, you can't just let the way Sunday worked out and just think that this whole thing is going to go right down the freaking crapper. You got to have a little more faith and you know patience, faith, all that stuff. I'm going to put a bow on this one here. Um, guys, uh, Pete Smith, uh, obviously the work uh, at Browns Maven on Twitter. Make sure you follow him over there. Brownsmaven.com, part of the SI. I mean, you go to it and you click on Cleveland Browns on the SI page, get Pete's work. Pete's putting out two to three things a day here. Um, I was hoping maybe somehow uh, Jordan Willis, um, but, uh, you know, hopefully he will not suit up for the Jets. Uh, Jordan Willis was an interesting college player, had a nice athletic profile. Production rose every year. Could be something that could help the Jets, uh, maybe to take care of that with Fungakai Polite, so to speak. Um, make sure you're following Pete's stuff, all the stuff with uh, Browns Maven. Make sure you're following at underscore <coughs> Pete Smith underscore the show itself, at Locked on Browns, all lowercase. Follow back account. DMs are always open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open over there. Um, like I said, guys, just you know, breathe a little bit. Patience. Um, we got a Monday night game. And let's get this ship righted <coughs> and <clears throat> start getting towards what are going to be bigger and brighter and more primetime games and bigger opponents. But you need some confidence here and you need some batting practice. Everybody get the sweat off and just, you know, realize everything's going to be okay. I don't care if Odell wears a watch, whether it costs 190000 or 350000 because that's been the most egregious part of all of this is nobody knows what the hell the watch even costs. And it almost seems like last year when Baker flipped his junk out and everybody wanted to escalate that. Nobody knew about the watch until somebody superimposed the picture. Whatever. Nonsense. It is what it is. Just let it be uh, daily delivery of all things. Dog pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.